Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Police Lafayette Post. I'd like to thank you all for being here and thank the Delphi United Methodist Church for allowing us to use their facility. This morning, we're going to provide an update on the investigation into the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. Before we get started, I'm going to introduce to you our speakers, Superintendent of the Indiana State Police, Doug Carter, the Carroll County Sheriff, Tobe Lesenby, and the Carroll County Prosecutor, Nick McClelland. I'd like to remind everyone that this continues to be an active and ongoing investigation. At the conclusion of this press conference, we are going to answer a limited amount of questions out of respect to the investigation and the process that will follow today. We will not discuss evidence that is related to this investigation. On behalf of the Delphi Double Homicide Task Force, thank you all for your continued support. I would now like to introduce to you our first speaker, Superintendent of the Indiana State Police, Doug Carter. Give me just a second here. Seldom do I have prepared remarks, but today is different because I do not want there there to be any confusion or ambiguity with what I will say. Today is not a day to celebrate, but the arrest of Richard M. Allen of Delphi on two counts of murder is sure a major step in leading to the conclusion of this long-term and complex investigation. First, I'd like to speak directly to Anna, Mike, Becky, Kelsey, your extended families, along with the entire Delphi community that certainly has grown and now includes our nation and even many countries around the world. I am proud to report to you that today, Actually, last Friday was the day, and an arrest has been made. Thanks to literally hundreds of media outlets that have been steadfast in reporting and keeping the memories of Abby and Libby front and center. Many of you in the room have developed relationships with me personally, and you know I always have a personal perspective, and today's no different. But from a very personal perspective, you have provided, you all have provided inspiration and support, even while oftentimes frustrated with us and me. You continue, but you continue to encourage the efforts, and you too believe that one day we would all be here participating and sharing this news. 
to the entire law enforcement community, which includes all local, state, and federal agencies, which are far too many to specifically mention today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to continue a very methodical and committed approach to ensure that if any other person had any involvement in these murders in any way, that person or persons will be held accountable. Since the murders of Abby and Libby 2,086 days ago, the daily investigative team has worked tirelessly and is certainly worthy of mention today. Specifically, Sheriff Lindsenby, the Sheriff of Carroll County, Detectives Tony Liggett, Detective retired Kevin Hammond, former Delphi Chief and now the Prosecutor's Investigator Steve Mullins, State Police First Sergeant Jerry Holman, Detectives Jay Harper, Dave Vito, and Brian Harshman, along with members of the United States Marshal Service, specifically Agent Jeremy Clinton and Agent Bill Colfers. With them today is Dan McLean, the U.S. Marshal, appointed U.S. Marshal. Our state police analyst, our scientist from many different disciplines within our laboratory division, Mrs. Kathy Shank, for your incredible dedication to detail and to so many others that I know I've missed. I really believe that Abby and Libby would be proud of you for standing strong, even in the face of immense pressure and perpetual criticism. Some of these individuals have postponed retirement, passed on promotional opportunity, have dedicated personal time away from their families, given up nights, weekends, and holidays, all while in the pursuit of accountability for Abby and Libby. I know that today's announcement will not diminish your resolve, and I hope you have found just a bit of peace in this most complicated world. This is really important. While I know you are all expecting final details today concerning this arrest, today is not that day. Today is not that day. This investigation is far from complete, and we will not jeopardize its integrity by releasing or discussing documents or information before the appropriate time. Prosecutor Nick McClellan, of course, will share additional information about what we can and cannot say, and also explain to you why the probable cause affidavit is temporarily sealed by the court and not available. And by the way, he has been a tremendous, tremendous asset to this team. I'm yet again asking you for your patience and please your understanding while our system of due process works. Also remember that all persons arrested are presumed innocent. All persons arrested are presumed innocent. You all will have an innate desire to subjectively interpret and then report what you think. We in the law enforcement realm cannot, and you should never allow us to, talk about what we think concerning facts. 
but rather discuss and share at the right time what it is we know. The time will come when additional details can be released. But again, today is not that day. It's about Abby and Libby, their families in this community, this nation, and even our planet. The prosecutor has been very clear with law enforcement about what his expectations are, about what can and cannot be released, shared, or discussed. So we will, of course, comply. If you choose to be critical of our silence, be critical of me. Not the front line. These are the folks who have committed their entire lives to a successful conclusion. In other words, a guilty verdict. As we move to the next phase of this investigation, I will continue to offer all resources that the ISP has to not only the investigative team that I anticipate growing, but also to Prosecutor McClellan as we prepare for the coming months. Again, Nick has been very resolute and very clear, and I'm most grateful uh, for, for, his, for his leadership. And I, I, it's going to be really important as we move forward. Please continue offering tips that you would like to share. The many avenues to report will remain open and will be available to all. Please continue doing that. In closing, I stand before you in this church and very place where we held our first briefing nearly six years ago and just hours after the murders of Abby and Libby. Right here. Pulling in today, I wasn't really sure what emotion I would, I would experience. But peace came over me. And I didn't expect that to happen. And I hope all of you, with all the different responsibilities you have from around the planet today, have felt some of that as well. But remember, we're not done. I think what we all have experienced proves that together there's nothing we cannot do. But more importantly, giving of ourselves, all of us, all of us, giving of ourselves matters more than what we could ever receive. Abby and Libby, though in death, have had a profound effect on so many of us, on how we live, and as importantly, who we all should be. I would now like to introduce to you my friend and the Carroll County Sheriff, Tom Ledsby, for his remarks. Sure. Okay, you just heard from Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter. There has been an arrest made 
in the Delphi murder. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll kind of recap what you just heard, what you didn't hear, which may have been the most interesting part of this, and speculate where we go from here. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. I put a spell on you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Kevin's here. So the big news, of course, last segment, top of the hour, they have announced uh, charges in the Delphi murder case. A gentleman by the name of Richard Allen charged with two counts of felony murder. Now, one thing that I did want to make clear, and I, look, I talked with several people in this building about how to handle this, because when there is a mass shooting... We don't say, or I make a practice of, I don't think anybody on this on this station makes a practice of, at least the commentators, the news department, the straight news is a little different sometimes, but we don't say the person's name. And so it was kind of going back and forth on, do I say this guy's name? Because how is this different than that? And ultimately the conclusion I came to talking to multiple people here in the building is, look, those mass shooters, they want the publicity, right? They want the publicity. They want to be known and so you're kind of giving them that by saying their name. In this case, this person was was allegedly, uh, you know, again, hiding in plain sight, whatever, however you want to describe it. Again, everyone is entitled to innocence until guilt is proven. But in this case, we feel it was appropriate to go ahead and say the person's name. Now, he's also entered, a, the press conference is still ongoing. Um News outlets reporting that he has entered a not guilty plea. And again, we cannot reinforce that enough that everybody is entitled to innocence until guilt is proven. So we operate from the following segment with the with that with that premise. Now, what I thought was interesting was that the um was what they didn't say. I thought that was the most interesting part is what wasn't said. And I'm not surprised by that in the sense of the, the law enforcement under no obligation to tip their hand in terms of what their evidence is or what they're still looking to acquire right now. So as of this moment, 1019, and Doug Carter, the state police superintendent, was very clear about this. They're not giving up much of anything in terms of why they came to this conclusion, what brought them there, and what either doors opened for them that allowed them to, after all these years, finally move forward, or what closed doors prevented them from moving forward. That, that I think, will be what will be the most interesting thing, and it will all come out, is was this guy a person who was on their radar from the beginning and something happened that allowed them to move forward? Or did something happen somewhere else that ultimately they said, we hadn't even thought of this person or maybe we briefly thought of this person and then ruled him out as a suspect? I mean, these are all things and it's unfortunate when you have to respond to things in real time. Like we are responding literally minutes after this announcement has been made. We try to cover these things in the sense of what were you asking? And this is a great example of where our YouTube chat was super beneficial in some cases because people are frustrated, right? 
People say, okay, you got this guy. Why do you have him? What brought you to him? What evidence is there that this is the guy? And we didn't get any of that. We're not we're not getting any of that. And you're not going to. And I know that's frustrating. It's frustrating for me, right? But I think everybody kind of knew if you have followed law enforcement in any shape, form, or fashion for any length of time, that you just weren't going to get that today. And those records are going to stay sealed. The prosecutor is talking right now. And I think they're going to stay sealed for as long as they can. I would say after all these years, though, you would tend to think in a case of this magnitude, again, it'd be one thing if you say, all right, within three days of this event happening, we have a suspect under arrest. And so the average person might say, wow, that was really quick. You know, is there enough evidence? Is there, is there, what do you have on this person? I would say after all these years for them to finally make an arrest after what many people, you know, said was for lack of a better slow walking or not being aggressive enough or whatever criticisms have been labeled for them to finally make an arrest, there must be something overwhelming that they feel will be an ironclad conviction, whether it is physical evidence, whether it is testimony, or very likely, and again, I'm just guessing here, but this this is the conclusion based on what I heard and how long this has taken and how this whole process has played out, likely testimony that led them to evidence that corroborated the idea that this that they feel this is the person. So we will see what happens. Again, Richard Allen is the suspect's name. He has been uh, charged with two counts of felony murder in relation to the Delphi case. And the news will obviously have more throughout the day today. Tony Katz, I'm sure, will touch on this many times throughout his show. I know Hammer and Nigel. I just saw Nigel in the in the uh, hallway while the press conference was going on. I know they're working on it so just keep it right here all day long to 93 wibc for the latest in the delphi murder case all right again it's uh, the kendall and casey show i'm rob casey's out today kevin's here um wanted to play a couple pieces of audio here for you that are just just outstanding so um something weird is going on at cnn and we have heard the reports about how cnn has a new boss The new boss has said, look, this radical leftism not working. Our ratings are once again in the toilet. Now that there's not Trump for people to hate, listen for, we have got to be able to pull in people who want some semblance of fair and balanced journalism. And you have seen over the past couple months, CNN start to at least quasi hold the Biden administration accountable. And here they are grilling Gene uh, Sperling, who was the coordinator of the American Rescue Plan. I thought this was a very interesting back and forth on the economy. Take a listen. I However, for the people at home who are still waiting for prices to come down, simply to say it's exactly where we expected, it's still too high. It, it, the, the, when you suggest that, well, we're saving got, people money who buy I, on energy-efficient equipment, they may not have the money to buy energy-efficient appliances because they hey, are spending we're, more we're, for clothing and food and, and gasoline. Gene, I, I wish I had more time to talk to you, but I we had the breaking news. At the, go ahead. Same. 
we're on the same page, you got to remember the first thing I said is we start with the view there's global inflation, prices are too high, uh, uh, but the clear point is I do think things are, are starting to move in the right direction. And the real issue is who is fighting every single day to try yeah. to lower prices? Now, if you tell me there are other ideas out there, we want to hear them. But right now, those ideas are coming from the president and passed in these pieces of legislation, which are All now right. uh, uh, up for being repealed if Congress were to uh, change hands. I get it, Gene, but I go back to that quote at the top who says, you can talk about this legislation to the blue in the face. If people can't feel it, uh, it doesn't matter at this point. Um, just well, a few days out from the vote. Well, let's also remember the third Gene, highest job growth in the history it. of our country this year, 3.5%. So we understand the pain people are feeling uh, with prices, but we also got to present a balanced picture and remember how well our country is doing compared to others in dealing All with right. the pandemic in terms of job growth and unemployment. That's just rounding out. That's not ignoring any pain at the pump or the gas or, or the grocery line. That's just giving a balanced view of how this economy is doing. Okay. So again, you heard it and we talked about this in the first hour. When you keep telling people, yeah, but Germany's worse. Yeah, but England's worse. That doesn't work in America. That is not what people in America want to hear, and they will not vote for you because, yeah, England's worse. And this is where you keep, it's it's this idea that people will look at all the job growth. You don't get credit for job growth when you shut down society and then people rehire when you open society back up. The average independent thinking person is not going to give you any credit for that. The Democrats and the Biden administration keep arguing that things aren't as bad as you're experiencing in your life and that is 100 a losing argument which is why they're about to lose all right let's take a break when we come back voicemails we'll hear from you lots of topics to get to 93 wibc it's kendall and casey show i'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine i'm not in it pleasant I'm yeah that's, sure a, that's a good point this yeah that's yeah, that is a good point. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey's show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin's here. We'll get to voicemails in just a second. Several people, and I'm seeing this a lot from pe- from, many, from many different angles, of people who are upset about that news conference that just took place uh, involving the Delphi murderers. Because people are feeling like, and we saw this in the YouTube chat, and I'm hearing this from other corners, that they didn't get anything out of it. And if you were going to say we have an arrest in the case, it would have been far better just to issue a release on Friday, if that's indeed when you had the guy, to say this has taken place. Because there are people who feel like throughout this entire process, there's been press conference after press conference after press conference where they get nothing you know, out of it. And it seemed like that was kind of this press conference where you could have just given the people the information and so Hammer's going to be in the next segment, and he has followed this case closer than anyone. I'm going to ask him about that because I think that's a very interesting point. Uh, but in the meantime, your thoughts, your comments. And we start with, uh, this is always just just great, 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 great music to my ears. And we're seeing it more and more of people starting to think for themselves this year when they cast their ballot. Sometimes it means a third party. Sometimes it means leaving it blank. Sometimes it means there's a Republican or two out there who have earned your vote. I love hearing this from people. Take a listen. I really wanted to call because I'm in Bloomington and I have heard several calls lately from listeners here in Bloomington. And I got to say, it's awesome. 
to hear so many listeners from the area. When you live here, it's obvious that you're in the minority. Uh, but so cool to hear others from Bloomington listening uh, to conservative voices. Um, that being said, uh, I wanted to just make a quick note on the Secretary of State race. Uh, listen, I, I know Diego. Uh, I've known Diego for probably close to 20 years. Uh, good guy. And I was looking forward to voting for a guy I know personally for such a high office. But you have exposed some great flaws in his uh, in his qualifications, I guess I would say, uh, which has thrown a lot of doubt on my vote. But when he decided to not show up for the debate, uh, that showed me that he was taking my vote uh, and a lot of other conservative votes for granted. Um, so that, that was it for me. Uh, I'll be casting a vote for the Libertarian. Uh, whether that's a wasted vote or not, uh, I am learning to vote my conscience more and more these days. And so, uh, Rob, I know you say you're not a Libertarian, uh, but I'm pretty confident you've converted me to be one myself. So, hey, guys, you guys are doing great. Keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. I love hearing that, not because he's voting for a Libertarian, but because he has taken the time to get outside of his preconceived notion, to get outside of his box and say, look, my vote is to be earned. And part of earning a vote is showing up. Part of earning a vote is standing on stage with my fellow people who are also seeking this public office and telling society why my ideas are the best, not just in a campaign stump speech, but in an environment in which you are pressed on your views. And we hear that, I heard this so many times from people tonight with WIBC. Look, Jeff Moore, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, is a great candidate, so I'm happy to support him. But I'm more impressed at, not, not just the people who are voting for Jeff Moore, because we've talked about the long-term ramifications of him getting that 10% and how big it would be for, the, for, for, for holding Republicans accountable, but because people are thinking for themselves, and when you think for yourself, there is no way the majority of people can come to the conclusion, if they're being intellectually honest with themselves, Diego Morales is deserving of my vote. Uh, 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show, working through some of your voicemails. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin's here. Got into last week, obviously, we were on the air when the big news broke about Tom Brady and Giselle uh, going to file for divorce and had a caller that touched on something that's not getting talked a lot about this uh, in this in this whole process, the kids. I was listening to your show on Friday and everybody's talking about Tom and his wife. But what everybody's forgetting is that they are deciding to put a crack in the foundation of their kids. And anybody that comes from a divorced family knows your life is never the same, obviously. And so I guess my issue is they are putting their selfish needs, both of them, above their children. And not just their children, but there's a, another child of Tom's involved where he obviously probably has a relationship with um, Gazelle. Is that her name? <laughs> Anyways, um, Giselle, sorry. Um and, you know, then that possibly is ruined. Um, and then he possibly gets another stepmom. I mean, it's just, you know, raise your kids, get them out of the house, and then do whatever the heck you want. But I, I just think that everybody is forgetting the kids in this really sad situation. It's a great point. You know, we talked about this before. I don't, 
when you're worth a gajillion dollars and your wife is worth a gajillion dollars and much of your life is based on, almost all your life is based on look at me, then I don't think you get to ask for privacy when that personal life that you've told people to look at is being looked at. So from the Brady Giselle standpoint, they've made colossal amounts of money by encouraging people to look at them and, and their lives. But there are children involved in this, and the kids are innocent victims in this. And she's right. Brady has a kid from another woman already. And that is the unfair collateral damage in this, is that these kids are going to suffer because divorce is not good for anyone ever. Uh, okay, so Friday, Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to bring you in for this. Kevin just randomly Friday evening was like, so, or Friday morning was just like, so, what are you guys doing for Halloween? And Casey and I said, Kevin, we are old. What do you think we're doing for Halloween? Like what? I don't know what in Kevin's mind. Do you think we were going to a, what do they, what do you call it, a rager somewhere? Yeah, or, or maybe even, you know, going around and getting candy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm the size of a small child, so that might have worked. <laughs> uh, and so then we asked Kevin what he was doing because Kevin is uh, younger and still uh, not, not married. And so uh, Kevin's whole life is right in front of him and he can do whatever incredibly stupid things he wants. And as long as he doesn't get arrested, it's fine. And you somehow use that to launch in to some story about how once upon a time you used to smash pumpkins for entertainment on Halloween. Yeah, in a, in a past life. Yeah, and well, we should be life. we should be very clear. You don't plan on this Halloween stealing your neighbor's pumpkins and smashing them. No, of course not. Okay, no. there were some people who were very concerned. I believe I'm going to guess. I don't know the uh, what is it called the ex uh, the 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 time in which a prosecutor could uh, come after you is probably expired for any pumpkins that may have been smashed. Um, <laughs> statute of limitations. Yes, that that that's it. Um, but somebody did call about a time they, apparently in their life, were into smashing the pumpkins. Oh, wow. And this should be a warning tale because it didn't end well for them. Hey, uh, the last pumpkin I tried to snatch and smash on somebody's front porch, they had put needles in it from the inside out. And that's the last pumpkin I ever tried to steal and snatch, uh, smash. Thank you. Wow, so they, they booby-trapped a yeah. pumpkin. Well, you see this a lot with yard signs. Like, I've seen people who will, like, electrify their yard signs. Yeah. Especially if you had a Trump sign, because they are so uh, so frequently stolen. But that is uh, somewhat creative, and it serves you right if you're going to steal other people's stuff, and we're glad you've grown out of that. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a good point. Um, I'm glad that I didn't get hurt. Glad I was and not. I was glad I was not injured while stealing other people's stuff as a as a small child. Uh, another story we got into over the week. You closed our show on Friday with Warren Zevon as bumper music. And as many people know, I love Warren Zevon. I think he's one. I think as I described him, one of the great treasures in American history. Unfortunately for Warren Zevon, he's a treasure that we should take out every day and play with it a little bit. But we just stick him in a in a in a chest in the attic and pull him out on Halloween with that stupid Werewolves of London song. That's it. I mean, we have this entire treasure trove right in front of us, and one time a year we pull this guy out, and then he's remembered as, oh, wasn't he the guy who did the Werewolves of London song? And there was so much more to Warren Zevon, and he was so great, 
And one guy was very angry about my praise of Warren Zevon. Take a listen. Yeah. Okay, Warren Zevon was okay. Um, I mean, he's not some American treasure. I mean, if you were going to talk about a guy like maybe Todd Rundgren, who had basically kind of one hit, but multiple uh, impact on other artists and varying degrees as a producer and stuff like that, I would buy it. But Warren Zevon, no. And he's written, he's known for Werewolves of London because it was a hit. And I hate guys that love bands like Fish and the Grateful Dead and numerous other bands. Like, I love Deep Purple, but they only wrote one hit. So if you can't write a hit, then you're not you're not going to be popular, and you're not going to be known. And somebody like, you know, I don't know, um, Brian Adams, who's wrote multiple hits that may not have the oomph of a Warren Zevon, is going to be known because he's written hits. So I have nothing against Warren Zevon, but he's I'm glad you like him, and that's wonderful, but he's not some American treasure. Uh, Todd Rundgren's 10 million times better than him. Thanks. Uh, what is going on in that person's life, Kevin, that me may just making a statement of, I really enjoy Warren Zevon music, enraged him to say, I must call a radio station and let this guy know why he sucks. Well, I will say I was a little shocked when you uh, were upset about my playing of uh, Werewolves of London. Well, and I also felt like you know I was playing Halloween themed music. No, 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 it's fine. It's just, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, I wasn't. Uh, maybe I took it out on you, and it wasn't your your because it is a, a Halloween song, and I get what you were doing. It's a classic. It's just this is what people do, right? They just play the hits. And as someone who once worked in classic rock radio, right, you just want to poke your eye out with the pitchfork. Because you've heard the hits 10 billion times, yeah. and there's enti- this entire other catalog to expose to people who they might say, wow, it's, it's really good, man. He did that? That's awesome. Yeah. And when it is someone, the talent of a Warren Zevon, we really cut society short by just limiting it to that one goofy stupid halloween song yeah i agree with that i think he was you know he was an artist he's more than just werewolves of london but uh let's talk about what's Uh, going on with this guy right but this um yeah i guess as a person me personally i like the deep cuts yeah i like to explore uh, an artist's uh, discography but what's with the anger like i don't care like whoever you want to like get your own very popular radio show you know what i had to bust my ass for 20 years to get here i started (laughs) in this business when i was 18 years old and i've done crap that i'm ashamed and appalled by to get here so you know what i've earned the right to talk about warren zevon i can talk about whoever the hell i want to talk about so there Yeah, you've earned the right. And yeah. he also, uh, what was he saying, uh, Todd Rundgren? Is yeah, better. Todd, Todd Rundgren is fine. I saw the light. Hello, it's me. I mean, it's, Todd Rundgren's great. There's no problem with Todd Rundgren. Is he kind of like from the same background? Yeah, he's a singer-songwriter. Yeah. He was in with a whole bunch of you know those guys of that era. And he, Todd Rundgren's great. But here's the thing. Yeah. And this guy apparently needs a lesson in how music works. because, And Kevin, you'll vouch for me on this. There was a time where the album experience for many people was as important as any song they heard on the radio, right? It was right. not an era in which, when the era we're talking about, where you just put a little CD in a player and you could skip to whatever you wanted or an iPod or whatever. Yeah. The album was the thing. 
and the single for many people was secondary to the album. There were two types of artists. There were guys who wrote meaningful albums who we cherished, and there were lazy people who wrote singles who we laughed at. And in the case of Warren Zevon, here's another great example. Bruce Springsteen sold 150 million albums. 150 million! Yeah. Very few individual hits. Anybody going to question his place in history? This guy has taken the lazy approach by saying, oh, Brian Adams. Nobody cares about Brian Adams. He's got that one song. That's it. Yeah, he might. This guy might just have a maybe a short attention span. Maybe he's not a big fan of uh, putting the old album on. and The exploring. thinking man reveres artists, loves artists who made great albums because that is where the talent lies. Hammer joins us next. 93 WIBC at Skinnel and Casey Show. He went down to dinner in his Sunday best. <laughs> Excitable boy. That's why I like you, Kevin. Excitable boy. Yeah. Zevon. Yeah, that's great. It's good stuff. 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Kevin's here. No hammer today. Nobody told me, but there's, I guess he's on vacation or something. I don't know. I'm always the last person to know anything that's going on around this place. But regardless, the show will go on. And uh, real quick, I did want to take a moment to talk about something people have mentioned in the uh, the YouTube chat. You can just search WIBC the YouTube chat. You can watch the show live. And of course, we love the people who listen on the radio as well. Look, I know that there are some people who would love for us to do a deep dive on politics 24 hours a day, seven days a week, going as far into the earth on this as we possibly can on every single political topic. But the reality of it is, we do, I think, Kevin, our fair share of exhausting the audience on all the big political stories of the day, don't we? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. And so, so occasionally, and one of the reasons we do the voicemails is, we like to switch it up a little bit. We're like one of the only radio shows that we give you a voicemail line and you call, and if you're a good caller, we put you on the air. If you people were reliably better callers, we wouldn't have to use the voicemail line. But we got to vet the calls because some of your contemporaries aren't very good at the phone calls. But we still have an entire segment of you people. And I still still see people because we dared to have a little fun and talk about music for a fraction of one segment. Like that we played four phone calls. The very last one was a little section on music. And people, uh, why are they talking about music? There's so many world-changing topics they could be addressing. Yeah, we we all know that the uh, the world has its problems every day. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't talk about culture every now and then. We're just trying to have a little fun <laughs> for two minutes. People just, people need that. We're just mixing it up a little bit, just a just a just a pinch. Maybe we just walk away from the politics for two seconds. We'll be right back. What? You didn't know that I don't like Todd Young if I don't talk about him every topic, every second, every time? Haven't I made that clear? How much more of that do you people want? All right, so since you people wanted politics, here is the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee Chair Patrick Maloney saying he will accept the results of the election no matter what, and I'm going to hold him to it. And, well, by the way, he apparently isn't overly familiar with people like Hillary Clinton who said the Russians stole 2016. 
Uh, how concerned are you about the risk of political violence? And can you say uh, unequivocally that you and your fellow Democrats will accept the outcome of your elections? Of course we'll accept the outcome of the elections. Uh, always have, always will. And, and we're very concerned about the integrity of our elections, um, especially when people are trying to intimidate people with weapons, uh, when they're engaged in these tactics to try to undermine confidence. No, we're, we're going to accept the results of the election. Uh, that's, that's the American way. So, okay. So when the Republicans win, 52 Senate seats, we're all in agreement. The election was not stolen. Glad we cleared that up. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Stick around. More on the way coming up next.